who are speaking to us that we would respond accordingly in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you can just give me just a little bit more volume. Amen. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. Good to see everybody. We're excited about continuing in this uh, particular series uh, entitled The Dynamics of Momentum. Uh, and last week, uh, we kind of we was our introductory class. Um, and so we're going to go back over some things that we talked about last week, um, hit some things that we've touched on uh, and revisit. And then we're going to add more to it tonight. All right. So let's get into this. Let's hit the ground running. Let's hit the ground running. So, uh, again, the purpose of our class tonight, um, um, or the series rather, is recognizing, creating, building, and maintaining momentum in our lives, uh, and is overcoming obstacles to momentum. Overcoming obstacles to momentum. And so our working definition uh, is scientific. Um, and it is the force or, or speed of movement, the impetus or the drive, okay? Um, some of the synonyms for momentum is uh, energy, impulse, propulsion, uh, drive, we just said that. Uh, but the scientific formula for momentum is mass, uh, mass times velocity, okay? I'm out of a short source a little bit. I'm normally got my board over here. <laughs> I'm not used to my board being on here. Uh, but it is um, mass times velocity, or uh, momentum is de defined as mass in motion. And if you recall last week, I threw some things uh, at Javar, uh, <laughs> scared Claudia. Uh, we talked about how mass in, mo mass in motion is what we call uh, momentum. Uh, the origin of the word momentum uh, means movement or motion of a moving body. Uh, but we, of course, are talking about spiritual momentum, which is the speed um, of Holy Spirit's movement in our lives in accordance to our response. The speed of Holy Spirit's movement in our lives in accordance to our response. That's what it is uh, when we talk about spiritual um, momentum. So because we know that it is a formula, momentum can either be high or it can be low. Okay? It can be high or low. In other words, you can be slow or fast, or you can have a lot of momentum or very little momentum. Okay? We talked about that a little bit uh, as well. And so what we did is we, we begin to discuss the importance of, you can just set them right there, please. Uh, we can begin to discuss the importance of learning how to measure momentum. Measuring momentum. Am I, am I, are we in a place of high speed, uh, low speed? Where are we at? Okay. To measure means to determine the scope, extent, and the amount of a person, place, or thing. So, so for example, uh, we gave us some examples of this uh, along with some spiritual momentum equations. So for example, uh, the mass or the spoken word or the substance times the velocity or the rate of response. So God gives you a prophetic word and that is the mass. That is the, the, the subject in motion, right? And then how fast do you respond to that? Okay. Uh, or instruction times the rate of your obedience. Go clean the kitchen up. 
And you know, I, me, I used to hate cleaning the kitchen. I still hate cleaning the kitchen to this day. I, I mean, that's like, I have, to talk, I have to psych myself up to do it to this day. I mean, I hate it. I just, one of those things. Um, but what do we do when we don't want to do something, typically? What'd you say? We take our time. Because it, I think subliminally we're thinking, maybe there's another way out of this. <laughs> or maybe if I, if I go real slow, it won't be as bad, or, or, or whatever the case may be. And then we have low momentum, and then in my case, cleaning the kitchen takes five hours. Well, not that long, but you know what I'm saying. Just wasted all that time because you didn't want to do it. And then in marriage. Marriage is the mass times the rate of love and forgiveness, et cetera, and et cetera. The, uh, the local assembly times the rate of the vision being expressed. All right? And then we looked at some, again, some of the momentum equations, like a weighty vision times a slow response. Okay? Or sin times a fast repentance. That will definitely pick up your momentum. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but but we all probably can share stories of how we know when we dropped the ball, we sinned, we messed up, and it took a long time to repent and get it right. And the burden that we felt and just the sleeplessness and the just the, the, the burden of unconfessed, undealt with sin, right? It slows down your momentum. And then, of course, a prophetic word times a quick response and obedience, fast momentum, a great prayer life times slow obedience is also going to be uh, something that slows you down as well. And I'm going to skip over uh, this next part because we want to go back to it. Uh, but we talked about uh, the weights uh, that does so easily beset us. We'll come back to that. And we looked at these scriptures here, Matthew chapter 5, 25, Luke 16, verses 1 through 10. Um, Numbers 11, verses 1 through 20. I think we touched on that, right, last week. I think we got to that. I'm 90% sure we didn't get to everything uh, that we intended to. We did not get to We did get to that. We didn't get to the to this last one. Uh, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We didn't get to this one. That's supposed to say 2 Corinthians chapter 4, not 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Oh, I didn't put the four in there. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 10 through 16, okay? Let's go there really quickly, just as an example, again, of momentum. It says this, verse 10, Always carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be what? Manifested. So that, he's talking about a weight, isn't he? A mass. So I'm carrying about what? What am I carrying? Verse 10. I'm carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. So we say, I'm carrying something. There's something that, that, that that's the mass in motion, right? For we are always delivered, uh, for, we, for we live, for, the, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. 
And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus may also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all these things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse number 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So again, he, he just he's, he's talking about just the test and the trials uh, that he's dealing with and going through for the sake of the people that he that he ministers to. Okay, so it says, therefore, don't lose heart. Even though my outward man is perishing, my inward man is being renewed. Right, but notice again, verse ten, he says, always carrying about the what. The, the body of the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm carrying this burden and I'm carrying this weight for your sakes is what he is saying. That that that, that the ministry of the Lord can go forth. But here's what I wanted, to see, wanted us to see in verse number 17. For our light affliction, which is but for what? A moment. A moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal what? Weight. Weight of glory. So we're saying that the, the, it's an imbalance. <laughs> I'm going through all of these things, but then he compares it to something as being what? Light. Because it's working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight. Okay, so he's saying I'm able to have momentum because what's going on inside of me is greater than what's happening outside of me. <laughs> You see that? That's why I said my outward man is doing what? Perishing. But my inner man is being what? Renewed. Because there is that eternal weight that is, that, is, that is happening as a result of going through and being obedient to what God has called him to do. So it says there's, there's a greater momentum, there's a greater weight, there's a greater glory as a result of my obedience. Okay? Didn't get into that. But this is what I wanted to get to last week. Didn't get a chance to get into it. But uh, force. Everyone say force. Force is the strength or the energy exerted to cause change or motion. This is where it gets a little, little rough for us. But because when we start talking about force, it, it, it causes us to really have to examine what's going on inside of us. Okay? And I'm, it's going to make sense here in just a moment. So force is the strength. Or the energy exerted to cause change or motion. So if we're talking about momentum being mass in motion, right? Or, or a weight and how fast that weight moves through the air or th moves through an object, we have to introduce the, the terms or we have to introduce the thought or the concept of force. Okay? Now, now again, I'm, I'm going to do this and I want you to see this. Get ready, Duvar. All right. So, so here is the weight, right? Here is the mass. Obviously, it's not heavy, but 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 the momentum is going to be depending upon how much force I put behind this. So, if I do like this, that's not a lot of force. That's not a lot of momentum, right? You ready? <laughs> But if I throw it harder, right? <laughs> should I look? Should I be insulted that you not or 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 he's, yeah? I'm not saying or he's. 
So, so the force, brothers and sisters, is the energy that I put, that we put behind the change. So, so again, if momentum is Holy Spirit's uh, movement in accordance to our response, then this is the part that we play. Hmm. So what is the force? The force is the will. Not only God's will, but our will. <laughs> the force is the, the force, Luke. No. Uh, <laughs> but the, the force is the will. Our will. So the Holy Spirit says, uh, the Lord, uh, you know, you get a word. I want to make you an entrepreneur. That's the word. That's God's will expressed to you. But guess the, but again, the part that we play is what? Am I, how am I going to respond to what God's will is for my life? Am I going to respond in fear? Am I going to respond in obedience? Am I going to respond in joy? Am I going to, how am I going to, what is, what is, how is my will going to play a part in this? Okay. And, and so now we talk, we start talking about, <clears throat> excuse me. Now we start talking about then our uh, aerodynamics. Okay. Cause that's what this whole, the whole air and the dynamics thing starts. Right. So it's the study of the way that objects move through the air or, or from a spiritual perspective, how long does it take for you to flow in the spirit? <laughs> I talked about this last week. How one of the things that uh, uh, swimmers do, uh, racers do, those who are concerned about speed, what do they try to cut back on? Drag. So this is why you see swimmers with the swim caps on. This is why you see runners with the spandex on. Because they're trying to eliminate anything that would get caught in the wind to pull them back from trying to move forward. Okay? So what happens is, is, is our wheels play a big part in aerodynamics of the spirit. How long does it take me to flow with the spirit of God? And don't, don't raise your hand. I know we've all been in this situation where we've been in service and God will say, go pray for him, go pray for her. And then we start all of a sudden, Lord, is this you? You've been, you've been in praise and worship all for the last however long. You've been in service and you've been anointed. And the Holy Spirit says, go pray for him. Go. And all of a sudden, is this the Lord? <laughs> We've all done it, y'all. I would go home. I would be, oh, I'd be so disobedient. I'd go home feeling like crap. I mean, I was disobedient. The Lord told me to go pray for them. Anyway. But, but that's the spiritual aerodynamics that we're referring to in, in, the, in the context of momentum. Because what happens is when, oh, hallelujah. When we respond appropriately to the Holy Ghost, it becomes easier to keep doing it. Because it's another scientific law. An object in motion tends to what? An object in motion tends to what? Yeah, Tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by outside source. So this is why in space or where there's not a lot of gravity uh, or even, I mean, if you took a ball and you rolled a ball 
and there was nothing impeding it, it would just keep rolling. The things that stop is an outside force. So an object, I think it's Luton, Newton's first or second, oh, well, anyway. But, but again, my point is, when we get into the flow of the Holy Spirit and we cooperate with him, it, it helps it, you just build momentum. How many can attest to that? It becomes easier to obey him when you feel the fruits and, and, and you feel the, the blessings of being obedient. It's like, oh, I responded right. Oh, I think I'll respond right again. Oh, I think I'll respond right again. Oh, this feels good. Oh, I'm flowing with him now. Now I know his voice because the last time I felt this and I had this inkling and this unction to do something and I did it, I saw the positive fruits. So now I, I'm getting myself in tune with the Holy Ghost so that when he speaks or listen, when he begins to create momentum, I can flow with him without any encumbrances. Is making sense? Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, well, first of all, that's what I was trying to conclude last week. Are there any questions or comments before we get into uh, this week's? Okay, good. Father, help us. Help me. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So tonight, uh oh, oh, are you serious? I didn't hit, I must not have hit save. Okay. See, I need help, see. <laughs> Can you go into my office? <laughs> and I think it's still pulled up. And then just save it, please. Well, I'm going to go on. All right. It's Mario's fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I had to blame it on somebody. Uh, all right. Anyway, I apologize about that. Uh, but tonight we're talking about uh, momentum stoppers and blockers. We'll talk about how really creating it to, uh, next week, at least that's the plan or what we would like to do. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk about momentum stoppers and blockers, okay? So I wanted to open up by reminding us that the Holy Spirit is not limited to our feelings and circumstances. We know that. Holy Spirit is an, has an unlimited supply of power and unfettered access to the mind of the Father. Therefore, we can always have momentum or movement of God in our lives. I want you to hear. I want you to really hear that. So the Holy Spirit is has a, a, just an uh, an infinite amount of access and power of God. And so if we are walking with Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will never say, "I don't know what to do next." <laughs> Holy Spirit is not depending upon um, our outside circumstances or even how we feel on any given day. To speak to us or move. How, how many have experienced God move on your behalf and you felt like crap? <laughs> you don't feel no unction. You don't feel the Holy Ghost. You don't feel it didn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if 
feel like I'm at the stock exchange. <laughs> All right. So, so, so again, you know, we, how many have just felt and been in that place where you didn't feel any anointing, no sense of presence of God, or just, just, just felt like that, and you still saw and experienced the move of the Holy Spirit. There are times where I have ministered and was like, that sucked. And I did, but, but it blessed somebody. Amen. Boy, thank you, Jesus. Because I didn't feel not a darn thing, right? So I'm saying that to say that the Holy Spirit is not, again, limited to how we feel or to a circumstance that we're going through. He's not. And so that means then that, that, that we can always depend upon or rely on the Holy Spirit to begin to initiate momentum in our life or movement in our lives. And thank you, Holy Ghost. In fact, oftentimes the Holy Ghost will be more active and more alive when we are in those situations. And, and, and if we're careful, not careful rather, we can get offended with the Holy Ghost from the standpoint of Holy Ghost may say, do X, Y, and Z. Oh, no, I don't feel nothing. What do you mean? How am I going to do that? And he comes to disturb our places of rest. <laughs> so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to identify the things that stop and block or hinder the momentum from operating in our lives, okay? So, again, last week we talked about this. In the first one, uh, I just want to do like this. In the first one uh, was found, again, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and it says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us. Did you figure it out? Oh, you need my code, don't you? I was trying to finger it to you. <laughs> you didn't just listen to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost didn't tell you. <laughs> See, did he tell you? He was off of, he was off a number, weren't he? See? <laughs> These people. Anyway, so so watch this, y'all. So he says, I want you to lay aside every weight in the sin that is so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we talked about this last week, but I wanted to hit on this again. Well, oh. We talked about the weights. So if I'm so if I'm running in a race, or if my goal is to move a mass or move an object. Move my will, what will hinder me and what will block that from happening? A weight. And this thing is heavy, actually, especially if you're carrying it around. And so we wanna, I want to talk about weights tonight. That's the first thing I want to talk about is weights. And again, this word ensnares means skillfully surrounds. And we often think of a snare as a, you know, like a bear trap or something like that, right? But a snare is something that, that, that skillfully surrounds us. And so if something is surrounding us, what is it designed to do? It's, it's designed to impede our progress. 
If you ever been surrounded by something and you're trying to get out and you're like, man, I need to, every time I, those, those weights in our life cause there to be snares, cause us to be surrounded by certain things. So again, if, if we're running a race, if we're trying to move swiftly from one point to the next point, we've got to begin to identify weights. So, so what are some weights? I'll give you some. And I talked about this last week, but I'm going to help you uh, go a little bit deeper with it. But some weights could be laziness. <laughs> Actually, laziness is a sin. But it could be laziness. It could be a particular television show. It could be, excuse me, a particular style of music, a company you keep, greed, okay? Just little things like that. And I know that it is human nature for us to justify ourselves, isn't it? So let me give you some questions to ask ourselves in identifying weights, okay? Ask yourself questions like, is this helping me? Because here's the thing, folks. Holy Spirit is not deaf, dumb, or mute. <laughs> and so if we sincerely ask Holy Spirit, what reveal to me some weights in my life? Reveal to me some things that are weighing me down from going from point A to point B in a quick fashion. What am I doing? What is in my life? That is keeping me from moving the way that I should be moving. And one of the questions you ask yourself is, see, sometimes we ask the wrong questions. Because we say things like, well, it's not, it's not a sin. Show me in the Bible where that's a sin. That's the wrong question. A mature question is, is it helping you? A mature question is, what is the result of me engaging in this activity, whatever that activity might be, trying to identify weights. What is the result of me engaging in this activity? That is to say, after I'm done doing X, Y, and Z, right, what is the result of that? Do I feel great? Do I feel good? Do I feel guilty? Do I feel bad? Do I feel ashamed? Am I embarrassed? What is the result of it? Another question, do I have to justify or excuse myself to do whatever that action is? So, so if you're about to engage in whatever the Holy Spirit is maybe, you know, illuminating in your life could be a weight. You ask yourself, am I justifying this or am I excusing this behavior? Because it's not a sin after all. But, you know, I, I just I just do it every so often or every now and then, you know, I, I fully expect everybody to look around because I ain't looking at nobody because everybody's thinking hard. Amen. Praise God. All of a sudden, everybody, you know, <laughs> another question. This is actually heavy. Seriously. Uh, would I feel ashamed if someone I respected found out? <laughs> These are questions that we need to ask ourselves in identifying weights. Couldn't, didn't work, did not work. Well, if, if somebody saw you engaging in whatever, 
your potential weight activity is, would you be embarrassed by it? Would you be ashamed? Would you be, would you feel some kind of way? If your mama knew, if your daddy knew, your boss knew? These are questions to ask ourselves when we are identifying what is a weight, okay? The last question concerning weights. Now here's, here's, here's the one that's really important. Here's the one that's really important. Y'all ready? What is this activity leading me into? What is this activity leading me into? Okay. Last week, uh, I was teaching an AMI, and we're talking about the uh, media kingdom. Keisha was prosecuted back there. And we had fun, didn't we? we had it. It, was, it was kind of fun. But we're talking about the, the, the power of media. And, of course, we talked about music and movies and all that other stuff. Um, but we were singing songs like, you know, <laughs> songs that we don't sing on Sundays. You know, just another summer song. You know, uh, I'm not going to go all back into that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I confess I, I am a big Earth, Wind & Fire fan. One of my favorite songs, Serpentine Fire. And I was watching it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your diligence. I was watching a, um, there's a little thing in there. I was watching a, a documentary, and one of the singers in Earth, Wind & Fire was like, we don't even know what a serpentine fire is. Or y'all know that song, Reasons? Of course y'all do. Uh, Phil Bailey, the lead singer, was talking. In the, I'm talking about they got this documentary at my house, and he was saying somebody came up to him was like, "We got married to your song," and he was like, "Have you listened to the words? <laughs> the reasons that we're here. The reasons that it was just a lie. It just, you know." But my point was, the point that he was making, the people, the point that I was making last week is we just listen to stuff. Because it sounds good, it feels good, and, and we're not even aware of what it is that we are, uh-oh, that, that we're not even aware of what we're putting into our systems. And so, and so again, we're talking about identifying weights. So it might not be a bona fide sin to listen to another station, but it could be a weight because we have to ask ourselves, what is it leading me into? Is this leading me to the throne of worship <laughs> or, or, the, or something else? You can't tell me that's not a sin. I'm not convicted by it. Okay, all right. But I just asked, where, where is it leading you? Do you feel like you need to go pray a little bit more after you're done? Because the chances are, if it is something that is leading you in a path that you probably don't want to go into or would need to go into, brothers and sisters, it's probably a weight. And it's going to slow down our momentum. You know, I was thinking about this, um, and, and let me keep going. But I was thinking about this, how, you know, a lot of times, and it's, it's a change in paradigm, how a lot of times we will say, I'm going to fast and pray to get more of God. How many have heard that or said that? We've all said that, right? But do you, do you know how incorrect that is? 
Because what it implies is that God did not give you all of himself when you were filled with the Holy Ghost. That he's withholding something from you. It's not that we are getting more of God. <laughs> we're becoming less of ourselves. I'm going to say that again. It's not that there is more, you know, you know, oh, I'm just getting more of God. No, it's not that you're getting more of God because you, if you have Holy Spirit, there's no Holy Spirit 2.0 versions. You understand what I'm saying? No, the problem is you're taking off more of your worldliness. We're taking off more of our carnality so that, so that the Holy Spirit who is already in us can shine more and more. That's why we fast. That's why we consecrate because we, 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 are, we, are, we are catering to our fleshly nature. And so when we stop catering to that fleshly nature, it's not that the Holy Spirit becomes more. It just becomes more. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. I'm struggling. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say. Amen. So that's the first thing. That's the first weight is the first thing that is a blocker and a stopper of momentum. If we're trying to move forward, we have to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to identify the weights in my life without, look, watch, without comparing your walk to anyone else. Without saying, well, how come they can do it and I can't? Because you're not them. Your destiny is not their destiny. Your call is not their call. You've got you've to do what God has called you to do. Okay? That's the first one. The second one is walls. So when we talk about walls, this is. <laughs> we talk about walls. These are specifically prohibiting barriers or what we call dead ends. Okay, just give everybody one or two or whatever. Okay, we're talking about prohibiting barriers or dead ends, okay? Now, here's the thing about walls that are being a, a, a block to our momentum. I want you to see this. That's why I have this wall up here, right? So have you ever been, this, this is a true story. Don't laugh at me too hard. I remember I was in elementary school. I think we were playing kickball, and I was trying to catch the ball, and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and I ran dab smack into the wall, bruised up my arm, and immediately stopped my momentum. <laughs> but what happens, again, internally as well as externally, when we hit walls, it stops our momentum. And I'm sure you all can, can identify with this because one of the things that walls do is that it separates us. All right? Let's see. I want you to see this principle in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, verses 14 through 16. The Bible says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation or partition, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both 
to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And he's talking about the church and et cetera, et cetera. Excuse me. But the principle that I wanted to share with you is that there was a wall that was causing what? Division. And so what happens is when we are in a place of momentum, when we are moving forward, whether it is a, a relationship, husband, wife, sister, brother, mother, kids, whatever, or internally, what happens is if we're not careful, we will run into dead ends. Y'all wait. You got good momentum and all of a sudden, pow! What do I do? Okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to write a wall on that piece of paper uh, that was just given to you. Just write a type of a wall, okay? Some, a prohibitive barrier or a dead end. You don't have to put your name on it. I'm not going to put you in front of the microphone. You ain't got to go through public deliverance or nothing. <laughs> but I want you to just write down a wall. Write, write it down. I'm going to pray afterwards. Okay. Once you, once you have something written down, uh, raise your hand, and we'll collect. Yeah, thank you. Want to collect them? Talking about momentum stoppers and blockers, because again, if, in order for us to to create momentum and have momentum, we've got to identify what is stopping us from having it. Another way of saying it is a glass ceiling. You ever you ever been, you know, like okay. I, I'm doing well, I'm doing good, I'm on track, I'm on pace, and all of a sudden, pow, that same thing pops up again. Okay, I'll tell, uh, maybe, okay. Stay up. All right, so I'm putting up these, these walls. You probably can't. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about walls, okay? I, I want you now to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're talking about we're talking about walls right now. Okay? This is going to really bless you, I believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. Again, these are the words of the Apostle Paul. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down what? Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience with your when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to point your attention back to um, verse number four. It says to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Another translation of that is fortress. 
Another translation of that is, uh, a loose translation, is a wall. Because think, in the, in the olden days, the cities were fortified with what? With walls or strongholds. Remember Jericho? Right? So he says, I, I need you to understand that there are things that are going on in our minds that are strongholds or prohibitive borders or dead ends. We're going so fast, we're going so far, and all of a sudden a stronghold, pow! Something I can't get over. Something that my mind just cannot seem to figure out. You hit a wall. <laughs> Your momentum has been stopped or impeded. You hit a wall. And, and we got, what do we have up here? Fear, uh, frustration, I guess I'm supposed to say perversion, uh, finances, offense, fear again, slowfulness. I can't, it's real small. Say something, I, I, can't, I can't read. But we got all these things that we run into, right? Those walls that we run into, those, those, those prohibitive borders, those things that say, you do not pass go. <laughs> do not collect $200. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. And we've all played Monopoly. And we'd be, we'd literally be on a roll. We'd be like, yeah, man, look at this free parking. And all. Bam. Do not pass go. This is what we're talking about. And we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to address all of these things that are keeping us from having forward progress and advancement. Because remember, like at the beginning of the class, I told you, Holy Spirit is not depending upon your circumstance to speak to you. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit's like, are you in a good mood today? Because I, I really want to tell you some great things. You're not in a good mood? You don't want to talk? Okay, never mind. That's not, that's not what the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit is always speaking. He is always releasing something. And the problem is a lot of times we don't recognize him speaking because, because, because he doesn't always come with the thunder and the boom and the lights and the flashing. And it's not a Sunday morning. It's, it's Thursday at, I don't know, 1030. I mean, he's always speaking. And he's always addressing these types of things. He's always addressing those walls or those things that keep us from moving forward. Okay? Is this helping anybody so far? Yes. We're, going, we're, going, we're not done with that wall quite yet. Let's go to Proverbs 29, verse 1. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Proverbs 29, verse number 1 says, He who is, I'm reading out the ESV. He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Ugh. You know what it means to have a stiff neck? No, I mean you slept on your pillow wrong. 
you say? Prideful. It means that you're stubborn. You you you're, you can't see anything. You just nope. Over here, I'm not looking. You, your, your neck is, it, you, you're fixed on one direction. And remember, this is what got the children of Israel in trouble. Is their stiff neck. Is they, they, their inflexibility. And this, brothers and sisters, is a wall. And the three that I had, if I were to put some up there, I, one of them's already up there. Uh, offense, obviously, is a wall. Um, and then the other two that I have is rebellion. I don't know if rebellion is up there. Nope. Rebellion is a wall. Is what keeps the momentum out of our life. We hit that wall. I'm good. I'm good. Do what? Nope. <laughs> and then, of course, here's, here's a big one. Stonewalling. Y'all know what stonewalling is, right? I hear hmms. You know what stonewalling is? You know what stonewalling is? Everybody know what stonewalling is? Stonewalling is. It's like the, the, the say, yeah. I shall not, I shall not be moved. No, I'm, it's basically having a stiff neck. You're stonewalling. It's like, you know how, it is to talk to a stone wall. <laughs> Can you please do it? Fixation. What'd you say? Fixation. Absolutely. But see, this this stops the momentum. Have you? And I know I'm gonna try not to. You ever been trying to move? Okay. <laughs> Been on a team, and that one person just won't do right. <laughs> Stonewalling the moment, the, the whole energy of the room is vibing. Everybody's good. Everybody's moving forward, and then that one person. What my idea? That stops the momentum. That stops momentum is when we become inflexible. Okay, let me take it churchy. It's the spirit of religion. True. <laughs> We've never done it like that. What would Bishop say if he was alive today? Come on, sir. We, that doesn't make sense. If we do that, then somebody will be offended and we can't move forward and we just won't do that. And it, remember, the, 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 the dangerous thing, again, about the spirit of religion is that it does what? It stops the flow of the Holy Spirit. So, again, the Holy Spirit is not stagnant. He's fluid. So he's not waiting on you or I to have a great day to speak to us because every time the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, what is he seeking to do? Create momentum. Yeah. He's seeking to create a word to be manifested in our lives. And when we are hitting walls of fear, 
Oh, no, it can't happen. When we're hitting walls of frustration, I, uh, I want to believe, but I'm not. Uh, when we hit these walls of offense and, and slowfulness, and, you know, all these things, when we hit all these things, and we are stopping the flow of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost can't, it's not limited to fear. Holy Ghost is not limited to, to finances or offense or slow. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is not like, I can't move because you're afraid. No, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, y'all. So, so we've got to be able to, to, to understand what is keeping momentum from flowing in my life. What walls have I erected, not just, you know, emotionally uh, uh, toward other people, but inside of me? That when we say, okay, come Holy Spirit, but you can't go in that room. <laughs> search me, Lord, but don't search me too long, too hard. <laughs> you got five minutes to search me, then, okay, you, got, you can leave now. Come on, we, we got we to gotta see this. The third one. Is a play on words, but it's weights. We're talking about the weight, but then we're talking about weights. Hesitation. And, the, and, it's, and one of them's up there. Willful slowfulness. <laughs> or procrastination. Or delays. So remember, the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to move, to create momentum. And then we get into weights, not, not this kind of weight, but the weights of our humanity. Slowfulness, delays. And, and there's no greater example than I know of in the Bible than Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. I want y'all to see this. And we all know the story, right? Here's Abram. Hey, get out of your country. Gotta show you some stuff. Okay, cool. Blah, blah, blah. You're gonna have a kid. Okay, great. I'm 99. My wife is old. This can't happen. Uh, Hagar, you come here. Let's go do this. Okay. I didn't tell you to get Hagar. I said Sarah was gonna be the womb by which the promise was gonna be birthed. Well, I just didn't, I didn't wanna wait. I didn't understand. I just. <laughs> so the momentum now so now you have Ishmael causing havoc in your house you, I mean I'm talking to Bible readers because Sarah went back and was like can, can you kick him out <laughs> and her <laughs> thank you they get on my nerves he was like you the one that told me to uh, Fear, <laughs> a weight. How could this be unto me? I'm too old. And that's why the prophetic word came and said, by this time next year, it's going to be visited. And this is going to be the time of life. I'm 99. Hey, you go with her. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I know y'all quiet. And I understand you're quiet. But I just want to make sure you're alive. Right? It's those divine weights. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. And this is where we have to activate the, the, uh, the, the, the mention of the fruit of the spirit called patience. Let patience have her perfect work. 
Because remember, watch this. Even though on the outside it may not look like you have momentum, it, when you are in a whole God, thank you. Mm, yes, Lord. When you are in agreement with the Holy Ghost, there is something being done in you. Even though you might, it may not seem like things are happening and things are whatever. No, 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 no. He, he is creating in you a clean heart. He's working on us. He's getting us prepared. And so this is why we have to understand the importance of, of, of moving in synchronization with the Holy Ghost. We, we, we have to really embrace that. We have to be mature enough to say, I don't understand it, but this is where the Lord has me. Because, it, again, as we are obedient, what are we doing? We're gaining momentum. You know what's happening? You're gaining the trust. You know what's happening? You're gaining a testimony. You know what's happening? Your mantle is, is growing. You know what's happening? Samson, your hair is growing back. You know, this is why the Bible says godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Because, I, listen, because my momentum is growing. Yeah. Oh, God, watch this. So, so watch this. While I'm waiting, my weight is increasing so that when he releases me, I can go further faster and have more impact. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like a person that has a, a, a bow and arrow. This hurts. You're stretching me. Stop. How much longer? Can you let go? Lord, please. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 listen, that, those are the types of internal conversations. <laughs> Maybe y'all don't scream at Jesus. I do. I'm sorry. But y'all understand? So, so he's pulling you back. But Lord, they've been released. Just shut up. Because the further I pull you back, the further you go. I'm increasing your momentum. Why? Because I'm because listen, the resistance is building. If I if I did like this, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Remember we talked about force, right? And see, when, when we're in that holding pattern, thank you, Jesus. When we're in that holding pattern, you know what God is doing? He's working on our force. Mm -hmm. Remember what the force was? Our will. If I release you now, you get to that level, I don't know if you're going to do what you need to do. So I, I just got to keep pulling on you. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Oh, Jesus, that's it! Whatever you say, Lord. That's what I needed to hear. <laughs> Not my will. <laughs> Great. Because when I send you out there, when I release you, I can tell you, okay, do this, do that. Yes, Lord, because I remember that last season I was in, I was disobedient. I remember that last season I was in, and he, I, he had to break me. I remember that last season I was in, I had to learn some patience. I remember that last season I was in, and I had to go through some things. And this, brothers and sisters, is, is what I'm, I'm trying to help us to see tonight, is that, is that if we don't respond to these weights, not just the heavy weight, but the weight in time, then what will happen is our momentum 
will be lower and lower because we don't know how to let God increase our, good play on words, our weight. <laughs> Something uh, Bishop Jake said, I, 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 it blessed my socks off. And it really, it really was a paradigm shifter because I think this will help us. How many have said, I wish there was more time in the day? Who, who hasn't said that? Right? Bishop Jay said this. He said, there's no such thing as time management. He's like, he said, he said, let me prove it to you. Stop the clock! Speed it up! You can't do it. There is no divine pause button. I remember that movie, uh, Click. I wish I had that remote. <laughs> no, like I would give everything. I'm like, oh, you're getting on my nerves? <laughs> oh, I'm tired. Let me pause everything and sleep another two, two hours. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you can't manage time, right? But what he said is you can manage tasks. In other words, you can't, you, you've got the same 24 hours every single day, right? But your amount of tasks fluctuate. So what he's saying is we have to learn how to manage our tasks. So instead of taking, go back to use my example, instead of taking five hours to clean the kitchen, because it's going to be five hours, because a day is not, it's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. But instead of, instead, of, instead of making that task so big, make the task smaller. And then what you'll have is what? More time. So it's not that you're managing time, you're managing your task. How do we do that? We plan ahead. How do we do that? We, 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 we cut down on distractions. That's a whole nother, anyway. But that blessed me. Did that make sense? When he said that, I was like, oh my God. Well, amen. You know, get up early. I wasn't saying that to you. Okay, well, I am saying, get up at 5.30. <laughs> okay, got to be asleep. Okay, well, that's a task. Less sleep, more sleep. I, I, I'm just messing with you. You know, but you understand what I'm saying. There's not going to be more time in the day. But there's going to be a better use of our talents. There's going to be a better use of the time by managing our tasks. Don't bite off more than you can chew. I'm allotting this amount of time for this particular task. Okay? So weights. Okay? Last one. What else stops and blocks our momentum is our wants. Mm. or those illicit, contrary, or unhealthy desires. Why? Because our wants lead to distractions and detours. 
Our wants can lead to a loss of focus on the task or what is necessary. I'm not saying we don't have desires. I'm talking about those, those things, those wants that get us distracted, okay? So here's how I, here's how I want to illustrate this. <laughs> we have two forms of liquid, right? You can't live without water, but you can live without pop. And so those, here's the difference. This is necessary. This is unnecessary. <laughs> this is a essential part of life. This is a non-essential part of life. So if we spend more time on the non-essential times of time of life or things of life, what will happen is we will become we will slow down our momentum. Why? Because God is obligated to give us what we need, not what we want. And the mature saints said, Amen. <laughs> it's not that we don't have desires and He won't give. He'll, yes, God bless us with His desires and all that other stuff. But, but, but on the way to destiny, we can get distracted and momentum can be slowed because we want what is unnecessary versus what we need. You ever taken a road trip and you have kids or other people and I'm hungry. <laughs> and you packed up food in the cooler I don't want that. I want McDonald's. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, but did you hear what I said? <laughs> I want McDonald's. Right. I don't need it because there's a cooler in the, in the trunk, in the back seat, that has water, apples, sandwich, crackers. Oh, I, 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 want, I want a hamburger. I want a Y'all know what? Don't uh, y'all don't. Thank you. I amen for the parents. Okay, we used to do as kids. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't play me. Mom, Mommy, I'm hungry. What's in the refrigerator? Well, I'm not taking you. We got food at home. That was my mom's favorite line. <laughs> if you come up, we got food. It's not. A, I know we got food. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Necessity versus want. I want this, Lord. But this is what you need. <laughs> I'm ready for my breakthrough. But you need to stay in the fire a little bit longer. But I want, I want. You're slowing down your momentum. Because now, watch this. Again, it, our wants lead us to picking, stonewalling, mm -hmm. offense, slowfulness. <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted. 
Come on, y'all. We have, we have temper tantrums. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> well, I must be hearing the Lord tonight. Because he's like, I was just praying on the way here. I was just having temper I'm in the house, y'all. And I'm tired as all get out. I go to sleep right now. I'm hearing the Lord even though I'm sleepy. Listen, y'all, but that's what I, that, but, but are y'all hearing this? Because I said, what I wanted. I just, it's slowing down your momentum. And let me go real deep on y'all. You fill up on a whole bunch of pop and sugar, you gonna slow down. Lay aside every weight. Shut up, your Mr. I feel like cooking some pork chop. And then I'm, like, I'm a baker. And then you post a picture of things in the frying pan. I was about to, you know, I was like, I'm going to leave him alone. It was a wait because I had a headache the next day. See? I am in the house tonight. Necessity? Yes. After I'm done with using it. Amen. Necessity versus what? No, it's not. It's like on there. Go ahead. If you think about it, Apostle, your wants can create the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T, which would then lead to the W-A-I-T, which could then lead to the walk. Boom. May the Lord watch. Between me and thee, you're welcome. Y'all get the picture tonight? We're trying, we're trying to move in accordance with the Holy Spirit. And if we're not addressing those weights and those sins, those heavy things that bog us down, those, we're not addressing the walls. Oh, I just can't. Oh, oh never mind. I'm good. I ran into fear. I, I'm stopping. <laughs> I'm going to just wait. Because I don't know what to do next because I ain't, I ain't dealing with this. I'm done. I'm... So he's be walking around in the same. Hey, you're delayed. And like you said, I, I want some pop. <laughs> and then when the Lord finally is like, no, I, I want you to have some water. Because you're about to go run and you need to be hydrated. Not, no, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. That's not what I want for you. Children of Israel got in trouble doing that, didn't they? Mm -hmm. We want a king like everybody else. No, 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 no. I'm going to be your king. I want to, I want a whole nation of kings and priests. No, we want to be like them. All right. I give you Saul. <laughs> Why? So the momentum was stalled out in Israel because they could not manage their wants. Okay, y'all need Bible. I'm going to touch this and we're going to leave. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. Now in a great house there is not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some of honorable use, some of dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, 
cleanses himself. Not your husband, not your wife, not your kids, not your pastor, not your boss. Cleanses what? Himself from what is dishonorable. He will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So you're not bogged down. Here's what I want to see. I want you to see. Verse 22. So flee youthful passions or lusts or strong desires. This is what lust is. is a strong, unbridled desire. It could be for sex, money, power, and uh, whatever. Right? You can lust after anything. Right? So, so it says flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, having nothing to do with foolishness, ignorant controversies. Uh, you know, uh, you know that they breed quarrels. So, so listen, what he said, lay aside that weight, get rid of those unuseful, lustful passions and desires. Drink some water. <laughs> Last scripture. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> James chapter 4, verses 1 through uh, 3. What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Ooh. Your passions are at war in you? I mean, James chapter 4. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly or ask amiss. Listen, to spend it on your passions. So, so you know what that goes back to? Again, it goes back to those illicit, contrary, or unhealthy desires. He's saying you you have not, you, you know, and then when you ask, you're not getting what you want because you're asking with the wrong motive. You're asking for unhealthy reasons and desires. You're trying to prove points and you're trying to do all this other stuff that is ceasing, that is stopping the flow of your momentum. <sighs> Thought provoking, isn't it? Makes us think, makes us look inwardly. And like he said in Timothy, he was like, no, you, you look at your who? Yourself. You are not Jesus Jr. You are not the sixth member of the fivefold ministry called Holy Ghost Police. <laughs> I'm just a fruit inspector. Well, let's inspect your fruit. Well, who's inspecting the inspector? Because, thank you, Lord. Because watch this. The Bible says a tree is, is known by its fruit. It's known by its fruit. So watch this. 
It could be an apple tree that produces rotten apples versus an apple tree that produces good apples. Do y'all see the difference? Because we were, oh, I see what you did, that's therefore that's what you are. No. Not all the time because the reputation is what he's saying. Because you can act a certain way and that's not who you are. Help us, Jesus. And we have to, again, be discerning. And we buy into narratives about ourselves and about other people because we don't take the time to listen to the Holy Spirit. And we know people by the flesh. And watch this. We even know ourselves by the flesh. I've always done X, Y, and Z. It's always been this way with me. I've never been able. You know what you're doing? <laughs> running straight into a wall and your momentum and the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life is being stopped and hindered. Are there any questions? Yes, sir. Well, another thing about weight, um, not only does weight slow you down, um, but if you look at a person that could, that's overweight and they could be in denial about the fact they're overweight over time, that weight will start to affect other areas. Like your knees, Come on. different things of that nature. So then you have those people that didn't do anything about the weight, and over time, end up having knee replacements because they were carrying too much weight. Yes. So. And they're gonna have to wait even longer because you didn't get rid of your weight when you should have gotten rid of it. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So because you didn't deal with your W E I G H T. You're going to have to W-A-I-T because we know you by your W-E-I-G-H-T. And you maybe have gotten rid of it, but you had to get some knee replacements. Your reputation had to go through rehab. Are y'all hearing me? And so you should have been further down the road, and maybe you got rid of your weight. Maybe you dropped it, but you could have been there five years ago. You had to spend time in recovery. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yep. I'm not that person anymore. Praise God. But prove yourself. <laughs> we always try to, well, praise God. We're glad that you, even the Apostle Paul had to deal with it. Right. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Talk back to me. Even the Apostle Paul had to deal with it. This dude's a killer. He's a murderer. We ain't accepting him. He's good. He's been watched. He's been redeemed. Here's a letter. We, we vouch for him. He's all right. Why? Because of, the, because of the, his previous lifestyle. Think about that. Think about that. My dad would always tell me this. I'm rambling, but I'm trying to help somebody. My dad would always tell me. He said, son, the bend of 25 is going to look back at the bend of 20 and say, what did you do to set us up? Whatever, man. That's how, that was my attitude. You don't know. Whatever. I'll be fine. And now I'm saying, <laughs> man. I can't, I can't manage time and go back in time 
but I can manage my tasks and my activities now so that the the me of 60 can be like, good job. We good. Are y'all hearing me? So I don't have to wait because I'm getting rid of my weight. <laughs> I'm done. Are there any other questions or comments? Oh, you're welcome for the water. It is. You keep you hydrated. All right, let's stand up. Whew. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight for um, what our ears have.